0: Happy Monday. Welcome to the Sneak Preview. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm um, Caleb Leger. And today we're discussing the likely final chapter in J.K. Rowling's prequel series, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. We skipped Netflix's Choose or Die because the reception was pretty cold. And uh, if you've been following the show for a while, you know that we're being a little bit more choosy on the films we uh, decide to spend time with this year. And, you know, going forward. Uh, one day, of course, you know, I'll throw it in the book of Filmgasm. Maybe it'll end up on that show or Beyond the Bad or whatever, but I'm sure at some point we'll talk about Choose or Die. At, at one point, you know, we'll get to it. Yeah. But this is, you know, this is a big one, Fantastic Beast. This is a uh, a franchise maker or a franchise breaker, and it's, it's looking like it's going to break. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. 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 They, were, they were literally hinging on the box office of this to greenlight the fourth and fifth film. And, I think it has still made below its budget and its opening weekend, so.
0: Yeah, and that is embarrassing for a franchise that was once the hottest product in Hollywood. I mean, Harry Potter was the shit for 10 years.
1: (laughs) so I don't get more into it. I'll stick into it now. It kind of, to me, kind of shows you my... As much as I love the film, my issue with like a lot of the big studio-backed films, like the big budget of Hollywood productions, is you just run shit into the ground. This is what happens when you run shit. You don't make a spinoff. You actually care about this world and the characters and the audience, and you know to that extent, you get a film that a franchise that has turned literally, like you said, for ten years, like. The biggest thing to come in the fantasy genre since probably, I would say, Lord of the Rings at the time, yeah. um, was a big hit. I, you know, I'll admit, that when the last one came out, I was crying. I cried a little bit in theater because it was over. I can't admit, I fully fucking admit that. It was, you know, a big emotional moment. And you took all that well-being and said, here's a soulless cash grab fucking spinoff franchise. Have at it. And as you're seeing in the box office, people are like, go fuck yourself if you don't want this. <laughs> like the fact that I went to this and we left, felt left just cold and just like, what, why? But then the next day I went to go watch the indie film thing everywhere all at once because it was finally playing at my theater. And there's really small film. Not backed by a huge studio, because, I mean, yeah, A24 is a big name, but they're not a huge studio. But that was created with so much fucking heart, so much creativity. such so a we're going to do whatever we want and just see if it sticks. Just a level of commitment I don't even see from this 200 million-plus studio-backed film. I had 10 times more fun with the smaller scale film. It's amazing how that happened this weekend. Harry Potter, I probably would have had more fun in its heyday. Yet now, here I'm going. Now, nah, the smallest carousel I went to go see
0: was way better. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of I know this is a weird comparison, but SpongeBob, that episode when he got challenged to wow. a burger cook off with King Neptune, and Neptune's making, you know, a thousand burgers with magic, and SpongeBob makes one with love. It's like, yeah, that's what people want. People want something that's, you know, that's good. Doesn't matter how much money it takes to make it, you know. There's amazing movies that cost $600,000, and there's terrible movies that cost $200 million. Uh, This is a perfect example of one. Uh, But before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's see what happened last week in film. Last week in film. First up, we got two trailers to discuss. We've got a new Netflix war drama called Operation Mincemeat, starring Colin Firth, Matthew McFadden, Kelly McDonald, Penelope Wilton, and Jason Isaacs. Hits Netflix on May 11th, and uh, <coughs> you know, World War II dramas almost always seem to have Colin Firth. He's become the guy for World War II dramas. But this looks like an interesting story. It's a true story of a British operation, Operation Mincemeat, to leave a corpse on uh, German soil or I think like washed up on Spanish soil so they would then tell the Germans and they were going to have fake documents in this corpse satchel that told of like a fake operation to confuse the Germans and this is all the the work and care that went into creating this fake out on the Germans. It looks very interesting. Uh, I plan on watching it. Okay.
1: Uh, I haven't asked each other for this so I don't know how to how to feel? Um, but it sounds interesting enough. So, you know, so maybe I'll check out the trailer and see how I feel.
0: Nice. Fair enough. And it is Netflix, which, but their, you know, their track record this year has been pretty good.
1: Yeah. It's been, it was, it's been better so far than uh,
0: it was last year. True. Next, the master of body horror has returned. David Cronenberg has a new horror movie coming soon titled Crimes of the Future. The film stars Viggo Mortensen, Leia Seydoux, and Kristen Stewart. Release date is not yet set, but we do know it is in June of this year. Uh, this looks creepy and weird and classic Cronenberg.
1: This, I I can't wait for this. When I saw, it's only, I think the trailer's less than like a minute because it's like a teaser. It's not even a full-on trailer. Yeah. Or it's not a full trailer, whatever you want to call it. Um but this feels like old school Cronenberg, which we haven't gotten in years, like de- decades at this point. Like this
0: old school body horror Cronenberg. I guess since like, I guess you could kind of count Dead Ringers to an extent. Yeah, yeah. So I would say since the nineties,
1: maybe. Yeah. We have not had we haven't had this Cronenberg, so they kind of see him going back to that wheelhouse, and and this just I don't know. Like I was I was hooked. Like, I was hooked the moment I saw that show, I was like, okay, whatever this is, like I'm in. And just seeing him kind of go back to his roots with this, like I I'm really excited for this film.
0: I'm really fucking excited for this. I got goosebumps when the title card from the mind of David Cronenberg came up because I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. We're gonna do a full blown Cronenberg appreciation week. You know we are.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, this is written and directed. Like this,
0: I I want to say it's been like over twenty years since he's done something like this in his career. Yeah, it's been a minute since we got some new Cronenberg. I wonder what he's been up to.
1: Charging those batteries, obviously, from from the looks yeah.
0: of it. Letting his kid have a bit of the spotlight, you know, with Possessor, and uh, he, which was really good. So. Yeah, I need, to, I need to watch his kid's stuff. Uh, He has two films.
1: Possessors was his newest one. And before they did uh, Antiviral, yeah. um, which I've heard good things about as well. So I really need to do like a double feature of those. Once, I'm thinking this after this next weekend, looking at the new release schedule for sneak preview movies, it's only like one movie or nothing at all. So it's about to get like lighter on these weekends. So I might start having some time to do some catch up on the films I've been wanting to see. And um, I'm thinking a double feature of him followed by the one I need to do for Raw and uh, Titan. I really need to do that double feature one day. So that, that might be two double features coming up very soon for me. Um, but yeah, it you know, he, he took his break. Brandon, that's his son's name, kind of came out. I, I know he's doing a new movie as well. I, I don't know much about it, but I, you know, I heard he's working on a new film. And now we have this. And I've heard, I don't, again... I don't know how true this is. This shit's said all the time at festival films. Supposedly, someone claims he has seen the film already. And that they expect the last 20 minutes to literally fuck people's minds. Uh, mentally that apparently it just like they were like, oh, people would not know how to handle the last 20 minutes of this movie.
0: Anybody could pull that off. It's David Cronenberg after like recharging his batteries for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, video drone times 100.
1: I was like, if that, you better not be fucking playing me. Cause if that's
0: true, oh, I I don't know if I can handle <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I didn't, ex- I I hadn't heard anything about this until you brought it to my attention. So I'm very excited now. I was not expecting a Cronenberg resurgence this year.
1: Yeah. I had, I had heard about it for a while. Cause he was casting for it. And I was like, oh shit, Cronenberg's probably doing like, but that was a big deal. Was that like, he was casting and like, it was supposed to be his own film so everyone was like oh okay obviously kind of went quiet with the pandemic and stuff and then all of a sudden this past week they're like hey so remember that Cronenberg film yeah here's the teaser trailer and here's it's coming out during cons so it's it's gonna be a con festival film um nice. and then there was rumor for like a day that david lynch was also going to do a new movie that premiere at cons which i cannot imagine that kind of cons for a new Lynch and Cronenberg like holy fuck Um, (laughs) but Lynch the next stage shot that down I was like I'm not working on the movie
0: yeah he doesn't need to I feel like Lynch has done everything he wants to do like until something you know until lightning strikes him I I feel like we're not going to hear from David Lynch for a while no Uh, but as far as Cronenberg long live the new flesh I'm excited
1: yeah I can't I can't wait new Cronenberg is uh, always welcome I know. I know. I, I can definitely speak on Josh on this one. Um, I know he's 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 out doing the Navy thing right now, but he's a massive Cronenberg fan, so I know he is pumped
0: at just the thought of this. Hell yeah! Maybe that's when we finally break out the fly.
1: Oh, we haven't. We haven't done the fly on here, have we?
0: We did the original one. Um, Josh and I did the original one, but we have not done the new one.
1: You know what's funny? I listened to that. That episode, thinking it was the '80s one, I didn't pay attention to the date you put on it. And I was like, "Oh shit, it did the fly." And at the time, I was like, Vincent Price wasn't in the '80s one." And I looked, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I was like, "Well, I've already started listening to this, so I'm just going to finish it now." <laughs> That's
0: why I always put the year because there's so many remixes out there. You want to be sure, and that was, you know, one of the early picks from the Book of filmgasm which was which has been so much fun. I love that we we do that. I mean, I never would have picked the 50s fly, but now it's part of our canon.
1: Yeah, Josh has a nice uh, set from uh, Shot Factory that has all the movies.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. That's that's so cool. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, June, we got new Cronenberg coming. Uh, hopefully we get a more concrete release date soon so I can start scheduling some shit. Yeah,
1: anything that tells me it's coming <laughs> it's on so I can actually watch it. <laughs>
0: um moving forward susan sarandon has replaced sharon stone as villain victoria cord for the upcoming blue beetle movie apparently stone's involvement was announced prematurely she had not yet signed on she was in final negotiations they fell through and the production scooped up susan sarandon so cool yeah
1: i, yeah. Like, I mean i like susan Sarandon. not a bad pick yeah um I still think it's weird that they're just making up villains for their phones, so, you know, utilizing the comic source material. Um, yeah, don't like that. Yeah, and it's only DC.
0: It's literally just a DC thing. I'm like, why are they doing that? Even Marvel, when they have, like, a weird, obscure villain, like, you know, Iron Man 3, Aldrich Killian, it's still somebody from their, from their canon. It's still a character. Yeah, even when they pick, even when they've been going down the more
1: obscure comics in general, like, because that's what they've been reduced to. And now I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like they've used all their big hits that they own now. Um, but not now, because they got some, some of that shit back. Um,
0: well, and they've managed to turn, you know, obscure comics into giant colossal hits like Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah. So just, so they they like, got the magic touch. Yeah, so it's like they... they That should tell you that you can do it, DC. Just like Jesus Christ. Like... and. I just don't, and with Blue Beetle, like, that was supposed to be a maximum analysis theatrical, so I'm like, you clearly have faith in this movie, so why not just use one of the fucking
0: villains from the comic? Because you clearly have faith in the movie. Counterpoint, Just, just to be devil's advocate here, DC does have a track record of creating original characters outside the comics that then become iconic as part of DC's catalog, like Harley Quinn. So, maybe that, you know, that's something to consider.
1: Isn't there like a bunch of like Arrowverse characters that are now like canon to the comics because of how successful that's been on the CW?
0: Yep,
1: I read that D- somewhere.
0: Diggle, for instance, he was an original character for Arrow. He's now a comic book character. Chloe Sullivan from Smallville, like uh-huh. yeah, they've been uh, they've been doing this for they, a long
1: time. I think, yeah, I think the chick that played Tremor, I think she announced that she's doing uh she's making her comic appearance now, so she's about to be a comic character. Nice. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so weird to me that it's like, but okay, DC, you do you again? Look, I at this point I'm just I don't know if I'd be mad or feel bad for that company anymore because like they're literally to me have been on a good path as of late, just for the whole Discovery merger shit to happen. And then literally the jackass that's in charge of that to be like, so we want to do an extensive uh, overhaul of DC films. I'm like, why? Why it's doing fine right now? Leave it the fuck alone.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, you know what? This happens so often now. I've I've become numb to it. <laughs> it,
1: it was just—I would have understood if they were so struggling. Had he said that, but when I read them, like, why they're literally doing fine? Like, Batman's still making money. You had Peacemaker be your biggest hit, fucking show on HBO Max. Like why like don't touch shit like you've been fine for a while now like just let hamada it's someone that's in charge of that division right now do his fucking thing because he clearly knows what the fuck he's doing
0: yeah well the more i learn about how little control dc actually has over their properties on film and television and how warner brothers is really calling these shots it just it feels like a hostage situation It is
1: really, it's sad. It's it's like if like, you know, they came in with that on Marvel and they're like, okay, now that we own Marvel, we know they're doing really good, but we want to do an extensive overhaul Why they're doing fine. I
0: don't know. You don't do that when something's doing good. You do it when it's doing shit. Yeah. Warner Brothers is like a pimp and Disney is like a sugar daddy. Like everything's fine as long as you provide. Whereas has Warner Brothers very much like where the fuck is my money? <laughs> it feels like that kind of relationship. God. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, hopefully that whatever they're trying to do, I don't know. Maybe it'll take this time. Here's hoping, but really, I don't. I don't know. I
1: think they've been doing just fine doing it the way they have, which is not really focusing on the shared universe aspects. It's its own thing each movie. It's been doing just fine. They've been huge successes now. Like just leave it alone.
0: Yeah. That's not how it works. And <laughs> Warner Bros. No. We're seeing it with with Harry, you know, with Fantastic Beast right now. Where the fuck is my money? <laughs> that's that's my new, that's Warner Brothers. That's like their new slogan like, for me. Where I've, the fuck I've is my
1: I'm at the point now like if anything soon needs to get bought it's want bros like just just someone buy this fucking company and be like look instead of taking your shitty management out on all your various franchises let's work on your fucking
0: management how's that sound guys yeah if all of your franchises are having problems maybe maybe it's you <laughs> I don't think it's your franchises
1: I think it's you buddy oh boy I'm already scared for the like the monsters universe because like it was supposed to end with Godzilla versus Kong and now they're like, yeah we think we can do more and I'm like oh you guys are about to fucking ruin a good thing aren't you you're about to ruin a goddamn
0: good thing. Well reportedly the movie is going to be Son of Kong. I heard I heard that.
1: Yeah and reportedly they're filming it already I'm like no they're no. Tell mean they can keep that shit no they can't it's Warner Bros they can't keep that shit quiet. <laughs> They could barely keep out any of the keep quiet the drama filling fucking Justice League. Justice
0: League. Oh God, yeah the the track record it speaks for itself. You know it's a kind of a, a miracle we've got we've gotten any concrete films out of this crazy ass relationship. This is true. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Here's some bad news. Uh, remember Cuba Gooding Jr. Oscar winner from '96, Rat Race, that move that that horrif- horrifically offensive movie where he's like a straight dude who goes on a gay boat trip and it's like, oh my god, hijinks. Oh yeah, it wasn't he also popped up
1: in Halloween H2O and um? Oh yeah, Deep Blue Sea, Remember he was the cook. He,
0: in Deep was Blue Sea was, was LL Cool J.
1: That was a wait. Oh, Cool J may have also been in Halloween H2O. Am I confusing Oh, Cool J and Cuba? He, he was in Halloween H2O as well. <laughs> I'm confusing them. You know you what? Know, I was about to say, Cuba did mama to knock you out,
0: right? Cuba Gooding Jr. is not a rapper. God damn it. <laughs> All right, so I forgot about Cuba Gooding Jr. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is not <laughs> the direction I expected this to go in. All right. LL Cool J is a rapper and an actor who did not do the bad shit I'm about to describe. He's cool. <laughs> He's, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Hugo Gooding Jr. is the dude who wasted a post Oscars bump, did a movie with some Huskies called Snow Dogs, did a bad, like, do offensively gay movie. And uh, then he played OJ Simpson. Things were looking up. And then this happened. He did do snow dogs, that's right. God, that was bad. He has pled guilty to forcible touching. Apparently, he kissed a waitress without her consent and then grabbed another waitress's ass. He What's just touching?
1: That's a new one.
0: Yeah, well, part of the plea deal, um, he avoids jail time, but he has to continue taking alcohol and behavior counseling, which he's been doing since 2019, and it clearly isn't taking if he's out it's there grabbing people. Clearly not working, but okay. Yeah, so... Turns out Cuba Gunning Jr. is a piece of shit. Who knew? Not you, because you thought he was LL Cool J. (laughs) I'm going to knock you out, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you for making this a little bit more lighthearted. I appreciate it. That's what I'm here for, apparently. (laughs) But yeah, apparently he's just, you know, kissing random women, grabbing their asses and now he's facing consequences, but not really.
1: I don't know what's probably like full touching. Like, are we running out of like, are we just getting tired of saying sexual harassment? Are we just getting tired of using that? And we're like, we got to change up how we say this now.
0: Well, this sounds to me like it's straight up sexual assault.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, are we just tired of using the word sexual harassment slash assault? So we're just like full for Forcible touching.
0: I think harassment,
1: assault, it sounds like to me.
0: I think it sounds like some lawyer speak for, and this isn't me talking, this is probably Cuba's lawyer saying like, you know, it wasn't that big a deal, judge. Why don't we not label it something like sexual assault? And he'll plead. He'll plead. That's probably what happened. They're like, you know, the headline, Cuba Gooding Jr. pleads guilty to sexual assault. Much bigger... Reaction than forcible touchings. So that's some PR team bullshit.
1: Yeah. For those who remember who Cuba Gooding Jr. is, of course, yeah. that would be much bigger <laughs> attention.
0: For everyone who remembers Show Me the Money and the longest acting Oscar acceptance speech ever.
1: Oh, yeah. He wasn't Jerry McGraw, wasn't he? Yeah. That was his. Wow, I am really like rusty on my Cuba Gooding Jr.
0: <laughs> I think most of America is. I really like the movie Rat Race, so that's that's how I primarily know Cuba Gooding Jr.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was in movies that he wasn't. It was a guy I like a lot better in
0: LL Cool J. I just love that you thought that Cuba was a rapper who did Mama Said Knock You Out. That's, yeah. that's the best. <laughs> well... Cuba pled guilty. He's not doing any jail time, and he's going to keep doing the counseling that isn't working. So, feels like uh, he won. He did win. Yeah.
1: He did win. God damn it. I know. Hollywood, They just want them to keep working because who gives a shit.
0: I feel like he's down enough on the totem pole that he could face some real consequences, though.
1: Like he's really not that big of a, of a star like he used to be. I'm not saying, like, you know, when I say that, because I kind of get tired of people, like, oh, they're not, like, At the end of the day, as long as they're still working, they're doing fine, right? Like, it doesn't matter if they're on the A-list or not. As long as they're still working, they're good. But even then, like, obviously everyone has their moment where they're really shining, you know, more so at that point in their career than they are at that point in their career, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, He hasn't really shined since, I would say, what, the 90s, early 2000s?
0: Well, he had that big moment with um, the people versus O.J. Simpson, the American crime story. He he played O.J., right? He did, yeah. That that got him some Emmy attention, so that was a good, good, good uh, career that's boost
1: Ryan. for him. I do remember hearing about that because that was that's Ryan Murphy, um, oh, dude that is does American Horse Story. That was like his big new show. Yep. And I remember when they cast him, I was like, "Really, Cuba?"
0: And apparently, I guess he blew people out of the water with it. It's kind of the reaction he's had for most of his career. Really, Cuba? <laughs> he's always like third or fourth choice, I would imagine, but. Yeah, uh, he's a piece of shit. So let that be known. <sighs>
1: uh, hmm? We're at a point where I'm like, is everyone
0: in Hollywood just a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> not at all. Cool, Jay. He's he's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's hosting something. I don't know what it is, but I know he's hosting something. He's always <laughs> hosting something.
1: What if he pops up at Halloween ends And I'm just sitting in the audience going, "Hey, Cuba."
0: oh my god that's that's gonna i'm gonna remember this forever this is this was perfect end to my day thank you uh next up walking dead alum andrew lincoln has reportedly joined the marvel cinematic universe in an undisclosed role fans have already begun speculating wildly the biggest rumor is that he is going to be the mcu's reed Richards. (laughs) Mr. Fantastic, leader of the Fantastic Four. I must say, good choice, if that's true. Yeah, I good
1: for him because, um, first off, this is the first time I've heard about this news. It has not popped up on IGN at all. I So I was unaware of this news. I usually use IGN to play disgusting uh, for everything. Um, but, I mean, if this is true, like, hey, yeah, absolutely good for him. Um. It looks like those Walking Dead movies that they were trying to fucking make a thing aren't being made a thing. Um, because I, I think say most audiences don't give a shit about Walking Dead anymore. Um, I always thought, and you know, like getting aside of like feelings on Walking Dead, because I know I have we both had plenty of feelings on that very long-running show. Yeah, I've always thought he was really, really good in that show. There's a lot of moments where I'm like, this guy could get like a successful career, because like, um, because he was good. I think it was like season five of that show when it's like Rake snaps when he goes to Alexandria for the first time. That was some great A acting throughout, um, that particular season from him. Where like, I think one of my favorite parts is when like he
0: is like waving the gun around. And he's fucking snapped. And he's just like losing it. He's beating the shit out of Jesse's husband, and he's like, "You're gonna kick me out." Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite moment. Of, for, of rick's in the entire series yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so like he he's had it in him so to see marvel saw something and said like hey we, we want to talk to you about something the fact that's like you said it's undisclosed tells me it's like major like this is a big role because usually it's like oh they're playing you know when oh we got frank Grillo gorilla play crossbones okay cool you know what i mean like no, this is, hey, we're talking to him, and it's undisclosed. Oh, shit. Okay. This is, like, a big thing, then. Like, what do you got him for? Um, and it's not, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, because I really do get tired of, to an extent, hearing the MCU fans on the internet, like, theorized by everything after probably like, just, like, shut the fuck up. Let's wait for a goddamn movie. But if rumors are true, and theories are fucking true, he's not the only Walking Dead actor, because apparently there's that big fucking rumor push that Norman
0: Reedus is are going to be our Ghost writer. I think <laughs> they should just go full Walking Dead for the Fantastic Four. Just get all of them. Andrew Lincoln as Mr. Fantastic. Norman Reedus as The Thing. uh Lauren Cohen, Sarah Wayne Callies as Invisible Woman. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Give me... Gonna give me say Lauren Cohen.
1: Just, I was going to say Lauren Cohen. I want to look at her more, but okay.
0: Sure, why not? Lauren Cohen as Invisible Woman. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good human torch. Uh, give that to. Give it to Chris Evans again. Yeah, fuck it. Let's keep Chris Evans. Why not? And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Dr. Doom.
1: <laughs> well, isn't it? Don't the fans have a theory that it's going to be Ethan Hawke revealing himself as Doom?
0: Yeah, there's a theory that going that uh, Ethan Hawke's character on Moon Knight, Arthur Harrow, is actually Dr. Doom under an assumed identity, which. <laughs> Could be neat if they do it correctly, but probably not.
1: I I don't put much faith. Like I said, I don't really put a lot of faith in the fan theories because,
0: like, they're never right. I,
1: yeah, they're never right. I get, I kind of get tired of it. Where I'm like, I I get the fun, I get the excitement, but at the same time, I'm like, let's just watch a movie and see what happens, guys. Like, just calm the fuck down.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And this could be bullshit. You know, this could be misreported information. Andrew Lincoln could have nothing to do with the MCU. But I saw it from a few different sources, so I thought it was worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's
0: true, too. Like, a lot
1: of times, it could be, like... Like I said, the whole thing with Norman is, like, it's literally people are just going, yeah, we we think he's talking to Marvel. We've heard. I'm like, well, so you don't know. And the thing, I think why... I think the way the reason I feel the way I do about all these, like, fan on th- these fan theories about who they're talking to is ever since the whole uh, fiasco with Jason Salem happened... Where people were theorizing for fucking ever that he was going to play Bullseye in season three of Daredevil. I remember actually getting excited because that was when I was like kind of on board with all these fan theories and stuff. I was like, "Ooh, okay, that's interesting." And I was like, when they mentioned, I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Like, I love Stan them. he'd be a perfect Bullseye. I'm like, "He's MCU's going to get him? Fuck yeah!" And then come to find out, because he heard about those rumors. And the push for it, he backed out. He got cold feet and backed out and I was like, yeah, I was talking to Marvel but I just with all the push going, I, I decided to back out. I'm like, fuck you. So I have like a thing now kind of against all those fans online where I'm just like, fuck you. You guys took the one thing I was excited for from me.
0: Well, you know, with, with Daredevil and Kingpin kind of getting their, you know, reintroduction into the MCU, maybe, maybe Statham might, you know, express interest in making that happen you know for real this time I don't know hopefully I just I remember just being real
1: mad when he said that he's like yeah it's true and you know you guys found out we were trying to keep it secret I remember if he backed out or Marvel because it started to pick up said okay like now we're we're finding someone else but at some point it just stopped like the conversation ceased and they said they probably waste because of the fucking fan theories and I was like god fucking damn it man So, that's why I try not to put a lot of, like, things into this. So, talking to Andrew Lincoln, awesome. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Yeah. Talk to Norman Reus, cool. I don't think he's going to be a good ghostwriter. I like Norman Reus. His
0: range is incredibly limited. (laughs) Mm. I think, well, I honestly haven't seen him do anything else besides just play, like, you know, Mumble Man from Georgia. So, Outside the Walking Dead, I'd like to see what he could do. Like I remember, like Blade, Blade 2. Two, yeah, Blade Two, and and the Walking Dead is kind of it for me.
1: And Boondock Saints is both Boondock Saints? Oh yeah, there. I
0: forgot about the Boondock Saints. He's got he's got some decent range, as long as it's you know actiony guy with a gun. Exactly. But Ghost Rider's just actiony guy with a chain. He'll be fine.
1: Gotta have some moments of thematic depth in a Marvel movie. Not with Ghost Rider, you don't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to trash the MCU like that. They are an elevated superhero company, okay?
0: Whatever you say. I I think Ghost Rider is a cool character. I don't think it requires a lot of range. Wow. wow. As long as you can ride a motorcycle, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> wow. You, what, you think DC is better too?
1: Is that, is that it? You think they deserve that Oscar win? What Oscar win?
0: Oh, well, you know the Oscar win. It counts. It's on IMDb. What? Best makeup for Suicide Squad? Yeah, I don't agree with that because that's the only Oscar oh, DC has ever actually won. Fan worthy moment, what the fuck it was called. It's not a real Oscar. It's a real Oscar. There's no statue, so there's no, it's not an Oscar. It's a real, it's a real Oscar. You can't deny it. Bullshit. And I'm going to make up my own fucking Oscar category and win something because apparently you can do that now. It's <laughs> horseshit. <laughs> Point being is if they're
1: talking to Andrew Lincoln cool if not Okay but if be, they're Cool
0: I wouldn't be nearly as upset About the fan Oscar if it hadn't been like Vote bombarded By the fucking Snyder fan no,
1: so that, Yeah that's what pissed me off that was like so vote bombed I'm like yeah both of them
0: first,
1: Yeah I'm like first off you should have found a way
0: To combat the vote as soon,
1: actually Not even combat as soon as you saw that I got vote bombed Be like okay these don't count we're not doing it Um Secondly, you should have only included shit from that year. Like, why did you even think about allowing stuff from outside of the year? Because I'm sorry. Like, no, cheerworthy moment was not that stupid shit he did in The Flash, which if you just watch the TV show, he does, like, almost once every season.
0: Um, What also, the the top five cheerworthy moments in movie history are The Matrix, Dreamgirls, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Are you kidding me? yeah that's the best you got for all of, of cinematic the history
1: one, the only one you could have kept on there was spider-man no way home
0: i would have kept endgame the avengers assemble that's a big moment oh wait me. i forgot they had endgame on there yeah i would have kept yeah. that one too but like the bullet dodge is cool but not it's not show worthy yeah
1: dream girls get that the fuck out of here yeah what part even if you like the movie what part is worthy what it's a fucking dark trauma movie what part are you cheering at in that fucking movie?
0: I don't know. I mean, just off the top of my head, you know, the shark exploding in Jaws. There's a good one. Something pre-90s.
1: Couldn't put some Lord of the Rings moments in there, maybe. I don't know.
0: The Charge of the Rohirrim. I don't know. How about, uh, you know, Luke, I am your father. How about that? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't care for those. I don't count them as real Oscar wins because they're not. If Zack Snyder ever wants to win an Oscar, like he's gonna have to try a little harder, and by that I mean a lot harder.
1: He is. He's doing his like his rejected Star Wars script into an original sci-fi movie for Netflix, and, and explaining the hit film, the great award-worthy film that was. Army of the Dead into a Netflix universe.
0: <sighs> Luckily, I don't have to fucking watch it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to skip Top Gun. You can be goddamned right. I'm going to skip everything Zack Snyder does from here on out.
1: <laughs> I didn't even want to watch Army of the Dead. I watched it. First, if I saw how long it was, and I was like, are you fucking shitting me two and a half hours zombie film? Why? And then I watched and I was like, oh, God, it's bad.
0: Yeah. And then I think that one, the like movie moment of the year, didn't it? The fucking think- zombie jumping no. into a helicopter.
1: Yeah. Which I'm like, really? That moment? No. Unbelievable.
0: I. It's a fucking cult. It's It's not admiration a- for film. It's it's worshiping Zack Snyder. And only like recently,
1: like they weren't there when he was making good films like 300 and Watchmen. And I would say the remake of Dawn of the Dead, I actually really don't. I actually enjoy that quite a bit. I was like, they weren't there for that. But when he went to shit and did these weird DC films, I'm not that big into all of a sudden they came out in fucking droves.
0: Yeah, I think it's gotten to the point where he knows he's got a fan base, so he did not have to try that hard. Like they'll eat whatever shit he throws at them. And he doesn't care. No, nope, he doesn't. All right. That that was a nice rant. A, I feel nice and refreshed. All right. Do yeah. you? I do. Really,
1: all this to say is, hey, if they're talking to Andrew Lincoln, awesome. Hell yeah. Scoop him up for the MCU. Yeah. Let's let's see what he's playing. If it is an undisclosed role, that's
0: extra that's exciting to me. Who, that means it's who, something whoever he plays, I would love to see them interact with the Punisher. Right, what if they ask him to keep his southern accent They're like, look we, we really need you to do the southern accent still They both have no accent The second they see each other They just start talking in a southern accent it's, And people around them are like, what are you doing? What's, what is this? John Berthold just rubbing his head a lot
1: <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> That would be funny Oh man. God, uh, I would love to see them interact. Absolutely. But you know what? I'd have no faith in Marvel anymore when it comes to that shit. Because I am so mad that you had two Game of Thrones actors on screen in Eternals and not a single fucking joke was made. Well, and,
0: they're both, in- and they're both in love with a chick named Cersei.
1: Yeah. I was like, not a quick line. I wasn't even saying, like, you need to do this, like, outlandish, like, oh, you know, thing where all of a sudden we break the movie to do a Game of Thrones. Just a quick line. Like, he says something as simple as, you know nothing. Uh Or, ah, looks like winter is coming. Just fucking something.
0: I'm still upset that in Avengers Infinity War, we never got a no-shit Sherlock moment between Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. So they don't do that. I don't
1: know that. Yeah, I'm like just like you. You make quips. You make quips, already. Like just, just do it.
0: Just yeah.
1: Well, all right. Time to
0: get sad. Like
1: that's what. That's what Deadpool three is going to be for. He'll make all those quips for us we finally yeah,
0: get. Exactly. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, time to get sad. We got some sad news to finish up here, as we always do. Comedic actress Liz Sheridan has passed away at 93 years old from natural causes. She's known mostly for playing Helen, Jerry's mother, on the hit sitcom Seinfeld. Uh, this comes surprisingly pretty soon after the passing of Estelle Harris, who played George Costanza's mom. And Seinfeld fans everywhere are paying their respects to these two hilarious TV moms. Uh, weird that this ha- these two deaths happen so close to each other.
1: Yeah, just losing TV moms one after the other.
0: Apparently, uh but yeah, his his parents are always insufferable and annoying, just like George's. And I I love watching them; they're funny. I've only seen a couple episodes of Seinfeld here
1: and there because my parents, um, my mom was a big fan when I was growing up, so I'm not too familiar with them. But I am sure I've probably seen them and just don't remember.
0: I went ahead and binged the whole show a few years ago when I found it on Hulu because I had I'd seen a few episodes and I thought it was really funny, and that's yeah, it's it's still hilarious. It it holds up. Okay. And, and the reason it holds up is because of the, the cast. Everybody, even the minor characters. Everyone's hilarious.
1: I mean, that's like, when it comes to sitcoms, it's like anything else, right? It really depends on the cast and the, and the writing. Oh, yeah. I'm not one of those that personally I could care less about the laughing in the background. I get where it comes from anyway. Yeah. Where its origins started and why they like to keep doing it. It's just at this point, like a thing to do with sitcoms. Um, but like it's like anything else, right? Depending on the cast and the writers, it usually depends on it's good, and they're, they're always just sitcoms are just nice to watch because they're easy, you know what I mean? It's just an
0: easy, quick, like 30 minute thing to watch and laugh at and move on. Yeah, it's comfort if you're having a bad day, if you're stressed about something, you'll throw on a sitcom and just laugh your problems away for a little bit. I do yeah, exactly. There's like how many iconic ones at this
1: point? Like you got Seinfeld for a lot of people, you get friends. I'm not really big into friends, but I know a lot of people that enjoy it. Um, for me, my my comfort one is uh, that 70s show. Love that 70s show. Um, I know you're not into it. I know you're not a fan. I do like Big Bang Theory. No, you're. I know. I know. I think it was Sheldon. You said that really was the main reason that turned you off a lot. Um, which I get. I, I get. I get where you're coming from. Um, again, I'm a fan. Um, if you're going road classic, I I love my all-time comfort one is actually Boy Meets World. That's my my all-time
0: comfort one. Love that show. If we're talking laugh track sitcoms, my my go to, my all time favorite is Frasier. I I adore Frasier. I've watched that show all eleven seasons, like seven, eight times. It's just one I could watch forever. Frasier is awesome, honestly. Frasier's funny as hell. And then uh, Third Rock from the Sun. I love that show as well. That's a solid, just great idea, great concept, incredible cast, and uh, just a, a nice, you know laugh your troubles away kind of show Mm um yeah and you know seinfeld of course never never really liked friends uh big bang theory i couldn't stand and that 70 show is funny for me but like i need it in like doses i can't watch in like so much of it at once i need like three episodes and then i'm good
1: no i can keep going i laughed so hard at that show
0: i get it are you gonna watch the uh the new one they're doing
1: I'm I'm going to check it out, yeah. Um, at first I was like, oh, but then when I'm hearing that, like it's it's bringing back Kurtwood Smith and um, you know, Eric's mom. Fuck, I forget the actress's name, but you know, they're both coming back, and it's, it's gonna be Donna and Eric's kid. I'm like, and I, I, I mean, we're technically getting to that point. You know, the '80s have had their nostalgia because the filmmakers that grew up in that period are making shit now. Now we're seeing the filmmakers that grew up in the 90s are making shit now, so we're kind of seeing the 90s get that nostalgia treatment that the 80s got. And, um, I can't deny it. I was born in '92, so like, it's like, ah, mm, yeah, I'll probably give it a shot. I watched Fuller House for Christ's sakes, like, I gave that one a shot because I was like, I did like Full House. I'm just how this one goes, and I'm like, cheesy, it's stupid, but I can't stop watching again. Comfort, I was like, "Eh, it's an easy fucking watch. I laugh a couple times here and there,
0: so. Frazier's coming back. Kelsey Graham yeah. is working on a on a revival, but apparently the rest of the cast isn't involved. So I'm yeah, like, it's, ah. a,
1: it's a weird revival. Like Paramount Plus are reviving a lot of shows. And I saw that, that was one of them. And it's weird because yeah, it's like they're not all coming back. It's strange. I actually look since we're just admitting things we watch. I've been watching the iCarly revival. I used to watch the original show when I was uh younger. Uh, I've been watching that and I'm like, this is actually kind of, kind of
0: funny. Like I laugh. It, it cracks me up. Okay, that's nice. I'm I'm just concerned about the Fraser thing because the reason that show worked is because of the chemistry of the lead characters. You know, you had Kelsey Grammer, of course, David Hyde Pierce, John Mahoney, Jane Leaves, and Perry Gilpin. Like all of them together, made that show hilarious. So you take all of them out, but Kelsey Grammer, I don't think this is going to work.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I said to my original point. A lot of sitcoms work, to me, largely depending on the cast and how much you get invested into the cast. Probably more than any other type of comedy out there um, when it comes to TV. Like, you have to be invested in these yeah. characters. And, yeah, You got
0: to very- have those will-they-won't-they relationships. You got to have those milestones. You got to have those emotional moments. And, you know, if you don't buy the cast, you're not going to buy any of that.
1: Yeah, and in case of Fraser, you're doing a reboot, and if you're like, we're gonna take out every all the cast members except the title characters, like, then why am I watching? Yeah. Well, like, first of all,
0: first of all, you know, John Mahoney died a few years ago, so already it's like, is this worth it? If we don't have Martin, like, no. Yeah, and like it to me, like,
1: whereas like I know some people like you just brought up right that '90s show where they're like they're not bringing back the whole cast, obviously. But it's like, it makes more sense to me, though, that they may not bring back the whole cast because it's Donna and Eric's kid. kid. And as we've seen in life, you don't always stay friends with people you go to fucking high school with um, or even college with. So it's like, to me, it makes more sense that the whole cast may not return for that. And even then, I'm sure they can convince me, like Kunis. And even, I know Ashton Kutcher doesn't really act a lot anymore. He's more about his businesses. Um, but I'm sure they could convince them to do like a cameo.
0: At some point and come back here and there. Well, especially um, since, you know, Ashton Coach and Mila Kunis are married with kids now. It'd be nice to see that. You know, they'd probably do it together.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they do it again and I have a time. I'm sure it won't be hard to get Wilma Roundarama to come back as Fez. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure they'll be back. It'll be like uh, it'll be like Full House, right? Where they were like, Yeah, it's this, you know, these people growing up with their own kids, but they brought back up until um Lori Laughlin felt the need to get involved in that college fucking scandal with her kid. Um, yeah, they were all back up until that point. Um, and they actually even made jokes about the the Olsen twins because they had asked the Olsen twins, like, hey, would you want to come back just to, as your character? And they were like, yeah, no, we're very much adamant about not acting anymore. So they actually had, like, a little funny jokes they would make where they were like, yeah, they couldn't make it. They're doing their fashion thing. And then they just stop and look at the camera <laughs>
0: So not exactly so, subtle about it. That's
1: not subtle, but I mean they they admit they're like, hey, it's no hard feelings. We're just going to have our fun.
0: I don't know. They don't seem like the type to take take a joke.
1: But whatever. I was like, well, I don't know about the chick that plays Stephanie and DJ in them, but come on, Bob Saget, John Stamos, they can take a joke.
0: We know about. No, I mean, Saget. I mean the Olsen twins. Oh, even the Olsen twins. Yeah, I know Bob Saget can take a joke. Are you fucking kidding me? But yeah, the Olsen twins always seemed kind of high strung and weird, and wasn't really sure what their their deal was. <laughs> they, so. probably,
1: they probably didn't take it very well. I don't think they really interacted with them a lot post the show. But I mean,
0: I think there was some drug thing. I mean, you know, it's child actors. They always like they either grow yeah. up like perfect or they grow up with drugs. There's not a lot of middle yeah. ground there. <laughs> well, anyway. Rest in peace, Liz Sheridan. Thank you for your contribution to some of our favorite sitcoms.
1: Yeah. We don't get to talk about sitcoms a lot like that often on the show, so...
0: Not really. I had an idea for a TV-centered uh, podcast, but frankly, it would burn us all the fuck out, so I abandoned that that idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we can find a way to get
1: TV in here somehow that doesn't burn us out.
0: I was um, thinking, like, mini-podcasts or something, but I don't know. It just seems like a lot, a lot more work on my Like, on my end. It's just, I don't, I I do enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One day, maybe. R.I.P. Thank you for the sitcom and reason you're placed in sitcom history. Speaking of R.I.P., we lost a legend this week. Fearless comedian and voice actor Gilbert Gottfried has passed away at 67 years old after a long battle with a rare heart condition. Godfrey was known for his uniquely shrill voice that lent itself to animated characters like Iago in Disney's Aladdin and interdimensional mischief-maker Mixus Piddle on Superman the Animated Series. He also appeared in films such as Problem Child, Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Comedian, and A Million Ways to Die in the West as a fake Abraham Lincoln in a scene that always makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> Remember when, I, when we I think we saw that together, right? We saw the other. Yeah. I remember seeing that just going, what the fuck? Why is it Gilbert Gottfried popping up in this movie?
0: Well, I just love Seth MacFarlane turning to his friend. Like, I don't think this is really for (laughs) the president. Just like matter of fact, like something's off about this guy. (laughs) Oh God. I, I was so fucking sad when I heard when I found out about this. Gilbert Gottfried was one of those dudes that was just seems like he's always been there, always joking about anything he fucking wanted to. I mean, you know, his voice was so iconic. Maybe the most iconic voice in comedy ever. He had a voice that as soon as you heard it, you knew it was him. Oh, my God. Yeah, this dude was so recognizable. And he was a fearless stand-up comic. He didn't give a shit. I watched um, The Roast of Hugh Hefner, which happened in late September 2001. And Gilbert Gottfried made a joke about 9-11. On that stage three weeks after 9-11. Oh my God. He told a crowd of people, I have to catch a flight to California after this, but it's not a direct flight. We have to stop at the Empire State Building first. Yeah. And that was the reaction of that of that room. He got booed, he got hissed at, like it was bad. No, like the crowd legit like turned on him. Oh, on straight up. Airing. Immediately. They were like, too, somebody yelled out too soon. <laughs> It was rough. So, to win the crowd back, he told the aristocrats joke. Oh, the famous aristocrats joke. Yep. T- p- took his own spin on it. I watched it. It was ridiculously over the top. Rob Schneider nearly has a heart attack laughing on stage. And he wins back the crowd after a tasteless 9 11 joke. Three weeks after the actual terrorist attack, he wins back the crowd with the aristocrats. No comedian alive today could do that.
1: Well, no, they get slapped on stage and then. The person that slaps him would get applauded on Twitter.
0: Oh, God. Gilbert Godfrey. He also made a uh, a joke. when uh, um, Massive tsunami uh, hit Japan. Like the day after he tweeted some tasteless shit like, I, you know, I hope they have insurance. Hashtag Aflac. Like some stupid shit that got his ass fired from Aflac. But like the balls of this guy to so just say like, oh, that's funny. And just go with it. He didn't care. Uh, Ah, yeah,
1: what a yeah comedy fucking legend in Gilbert Gottfried. Like, I was not expecting to hear about this. There's a lot this year
0: that I was not expecting to hear, and it's only April for Christ's sakes. But earlier this year, there was a photograph taken of Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, and Gilbert Gottfried, and they are all dead now. What the fuck?
1: Don't take pictures of comedians in one picture, place.
0: Well, they were taking it together. Like, Bob Saget was taking a selfie with Louis Anderson and Gilbert Gottfried. Like, at some some uh, function. And now they're all gone. I can't believe that. So we've lost so funny. much funny in the world this year. Funny and rock. Because
1: there was Taylor Hawkins not too long ago. i <laughs> I'd
0: label him as, you know, part of the funny. I saw Studio 666. Dude, it's fucking hilarious it's really
1: funny ah what a bummer man god damn it yeah that's that's the bummer we're hearing about your work Gottfried.
0: yeah there's a documentary made about him a few years ago that i want to watch now i might watch that tonight where he just kind of talks about like how the hell this weird little guy with a crazy ass voice became one of the biggest names in comedy It, rest in peace man thank you yeah. so much for making me laugh
1: yep, thank you for laughs thank you for aladdin that's obviously where i remember him the most from love aladdin i think i own a lot i think was one of the ones i own Disney's is kind of, yes i do
0: so. i've got a dvd of all three aladdin movies uh but well, this was back before disney was releasing blu-rays all the time and the dvds were rare like you know out of the vault and all that
1: Oh, I used to hate when they did that bullshit. Yeah. put it yeah. in the vault. Go fuck yourself, Disney.
0: <laughs> well, now I get Disney movies super cheap because of, uh, you know, Disney Plus. So I go to, you know, yeah. half price books and Disney movies are like three to five bucks now because nobody's buying them. Ever since Disney Plus happened, like even getting the, the Blu-rays from
1: Disney, they've, they've like started marketing their fucking Blu-rays and I'm like, thank you, Disney. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. I'm buying them all up just in case you know Disney Plus. Disney decides to abandon this project because they fucking will. It's not like they need it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So far, I'm i staying hopeful that uh, they're not going to do that. Because I'm hearing rumors that Warner Bros. Warner Bros. Going back to those fucktards, we're um, <laughs> going to cease physical releases. You uh-huh. know, in 2022, and we're in April. They're still releasing shit physical. So I wonder if they got like backlash from that or something.
0: Keep buying them because you never know when Warner Bros. will just randomly be like, "All right, we're done."
1: Oh no, I'm gonna keep buying. It. They just James Bond just announced speaking bunch a four K of malignant that I'm fucking grabbing because if any film that's come out that's... recently with a four K,
0: it's malignant. That that fucking oh, that thing's gonna pop. But back to Aladdin, I love Iago's arc in the Return of Jafar, from just going from you know Jafar's lackey to an actual hero. And Gilbert Godfrey did a great job voicing that character and, you know, convincing me. Also, he's got a musical number in that movie, so you get to see, hear his shrill-ass voice sing. <laughs> God, I just can't imagine trying to film the first Aladdin.
1: You have Gilbert fucking Gottfried you know, in one voice booth and Robin Williams in the other. Both titans of comedy. Both, know, you know, Gilbert, both are known for being able to just riff in their own way especially Robin Williams fucking a mile a minute riffing like dude dear
0: god there is so much r rated shit they had to cut out of aladdin because he would just you know start performing and just keep going he wasn't censoring anything so there's, there's so much r rated content of genie saying just random shit that we will never hear cuz it's been locked away did i did i tell you about the video that someone sent me
1: of him performing at a military base
0: yeah you told me about that that was awesome
1: yeah yeah well, uh, for those who haven't i'll go ahead and describe it here because i don't know if it was on the show i told you about it or not um but there's a video of um i don't know which branch of the military but robin Rose is performing in at a military base probably part of um the uso thing that they like to do they get celebrities on the bases to meet the troops yeah. um and i fear for those who are on the military the base all bases do it at at eight every morning and then at sunset every evening. They perform colors, which is basically just the Pledge of the Legions, right? For the flag. Every single night, there's a five minute warning followed by the actual Pledge of Legions, right? They fucking started doing it. They inscribed colors. So they started playing colors. So during his fucking act, and I guess no one told him that, a bunch of Marines in the audience are watching him stand up, face the other direction, and salute immediately. because that's what you gotta do. And he's just, he's standing there going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? As soon as it's over, someone was out and they go like, he's like, guys, what was that? And they yell at him, like, it was colors. He's like, what? They're like, we had to do the pledge of the You realize how fucking scared I was seeing all <laughs> you fuckers stand up and turn around in unison?
0: <laughs> he's like, no one
1: told me that. <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny.
0: That's good. Ah, that's that's hilarious. I was watching um Ron White, one of his specials, and he did a USO tour, but his um he had a bit of uh, a slip of the tongue, and he said he was on a UFO tour, and he stopped himself, and he's like, yeah, he's like god damn it, <laughs> he's like, yeah, all sorts of different planets. I tour all the time. <laughs> it was funny shit. But yeah. I bet Robin Williams and Gilbert Gottfried are having a funny fucking time right now in the afterlife, just cracking jokes.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Oh yeah. Rest in peace. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. With that, um, time to get to our films of the day. As always, we've got the recent Shutter release. Uh, so Caleb, why don't you tell us a bit about The Seller?
1: This was a film that saw the return of Alicia Cooper after kind of taking a break from the genre. I know she was... Uh, it kind of took a break from it. She was doing a lot of TV work. She was in the show Happy Endings, I believe is what it's called. Um, so it's kind of like her coming back to um, the genre after a pretty bad experience in the film ca- captivity that she is very open about um, to her credit. um, With this one she's really good in it. the performances are really good the the thing that held this one back for me and it not being like this kick-ass like she's back and in a great movie so it's a very familiar feeling film this is very much a paranormal fucking film and i, I am personally at that point where i have seen so many goddamn paranormal demonic movies so i'm like it can't really do much to surprise me so admittedly like the film it feels very familiar until like the last oh, 20 minutes and it takes this fucking turn into like, I don't know, like Fulci's vision of hell shit, like that you kind of briefly see in the beyond, like just this left turn out of goddamn nowhere. And an oblique as fuck ending. And I remember thinking, like, God, if the rest of the movie had just been as out there as this ending was. Because I remember, like, for the most part, I was just kind of sitting there going, Okay, this isn't bad, but it's also nothing like I haven't really seen before. Like, at least she's really good in it, you know, she's killing it. And then I got to know, I was like, Holy shit, what the fuck is going on? In this, what the fuck movie am I watching now? What happened? <laughs> so, uh, with that, I'm ultimately I, I gonna probably give it a seven out of ten. Not terrible, just not something like, or in those final 20 minutes when Nick goes for it. It's not something I haven't actually, you know, I haven't seen somewhere else in slightly better film.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a bummer when that happens, you know. There's only so much you can do with certain subgenres that it ends up just kind of feeling derivative. And I don't really think that's the, you know, in, mo- in most cases, I don't think that's like the screenwriter's fault or anything. It's just, you know, it's hard to make something that stands out, something that's original, especially, you know, when it comes to like ghost movies.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you could argue that that's probably the 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 probably has the most amount of films in horror. Is like the the paranormal subgenre in general.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but especially you know, ever since like Conjuring and Cities came out, really just blew the doors off for people to be that's what they want to see, and it's like all we got for years, and we're kind of at the I would say we're at the tail end of that now because. I haven't heard a peep of a new conjuring film since the third one came out. It sounds like the slasher revival was in full swing again, um, and the Stephen King resurgence. So that seems to be the two big things going on. So it's like I said, like the film is very well made. Like I said, it's it's not it, if you're looking for like an easy watch and you want something made to watch with like the family, So it's not really a lot of gore. There's no violence in this film. Like it's actually not a bad film, poor film to watch with the family um because you could watch it with family and probably get away with it um are <laughs> you looking for something for date night or something like you're you can't go wrong with this And like i said if you're like you know like me like alicia cutler happy me to see her come back not the worst film she could have picked to come back to the genre for you know what i mean like okay based off interviews it sounds like she's she really enjoyed her time on the film so like I said, it's just it. Like I said, for me, the biggest thing, biggest thing holding it back was like it's just a lot of it was stuff I've seen before. No, but if you want to see a wild last twenty minutes,
0: goddamn, does it go there in the last twenty minutes? Well, I'll, you know, as I've been doing with all the Shutter releases you've been talking about, I'll throw it in the book, and uh, you know, if it comes up as something we do down the road, great. Yeah,
1: what's funny is they only have actually one more film. For this month, because the last weekend of April, and they're only doing it this time, but they're not doing it next month. The uh, last weekend of April, they are not showing a new film. Instead, they're dedicating that Friday to um, the premiere of uh, Last Drive In, uh, Trobar Biggs, so the season four premiere. So it's like, yeah, we're not doing a movie, but we're giving you Last Drive In. And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll take that. um Next month they already have something I'm fucking I cannot wait to see. It's like Spider Night over again for me. Um this foreign film I've heard crazy insane things about called The Sadness. Uh they picked it up. It's coming out next month. I've heard this film is so fucking like out there in its core in violence. It's been making waves on the festival circuit because of it. I cannot wait.
0: Okay. I'll remember that. Hmm. Sadness.
1: The sadness I've They have like I've heard reviews I've literally like Reviews have said The screenshots you've seen They've released some pretty Bloody fucking violent screenshots But like that's not even The tip of the iceberg I've heard like From a lot of reviews Like this
0: shit goes places hmm. Nice Well I've been watching You know I've I've been watching What I watch from Shudder Based pretty much solely On your recommendations So I'll keep that in mind Sounds like something Worth checking out
1: Sadness so might be a recommendation. Um, from what I've heard about it, it's like, fuck yeah, shutter got this type of thing. Like it's it's been getting a lot of like good press and like saying, like, if you're a horror fan, you gotta check this one out, type of stuff.
0: Nice. Um, with that, let's talk Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, yeah, here we go. This is the third film in What, by all accounts, should have been a surefire win for Warner Brothers from day one, Uh, 2016's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them uh, was a huge hit, but as we said earlier, pretty sure that's mostly due to the fact that Harry Potter was, you know, coming back and everyone was freaking out. Uh, The film itself, I watched it again for the first time a couple days ago before I went and saw the third one, and I found myself wandering out of the room to do other stuff. It's a very dull film yeah then 2018 fantastic beast the crimes of grindelwald the one that proved to everybody that while jk rowling is a really good storyteller he's not a very good writer
1: so i get the script writer
0: i i know what i said (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh yeah this one was just awful um I blocked out all memory of it. When I went to see uh, *Secrets of Dumbledore*, I saw it at the Draft House, and they had a pre-show that did kind of a you know pre- just, previously on *Fantastic Beasts* and gave you a play-by-play of part two in case there was anything you, you forgot about. And I had forgotten everything. I didn't remember anybody's name. I didn't remember events of the film. I just it was an empty slate.
1: Uh, I I legit thought the characters they were introducing in this one. Mm-hmm like in this new one all the characters i was like all oh, these new characters and then when i was looking it up i'm like oh shit they were
0: in the last movie it's like where well, the fuck did They were they in the last movie same deal i had a whole thing prepped about how like we're just now meeting his indispensable assistant and then it's like no wait we met her last time
1: yeah <laughs> i had to like i had to make sure when i was writing my review because i was about to be like are they is this really a film they introduced much new characters so, like we haven't seen them before and I look at it I'm like, oh no, they did introduce characters. I just forgot because that's how bad your movie
0: was. Yeah, exactly. And this one, Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, was not supposed to be the end of the franchise. There's there were two more in the original game plan here. But after the last one underperformed drastically, and this new one is underperforming even worse. Uh, Warner Brothers is probably gonna kibosh this. And yeah probably start from scratch on something Harry Potter related in like five years.
1: Yeah. I said, I have heard rumors of HBO Max shows being um, considered. I know we kind of talked about it before we recorded. Um, so to further support, cause I haven't finished the episode yet, but you guys were talking about an Oscar Sunday. Um, so, cause I know Austin listens to our shows as well. Um, so the applies to his, his ears as well. Um, they are from what I've, I've heard. Right, the rumblings I've heard that there are her- various Harry Potter things being uh, thrown out for ideals, being toyed with, that they are very much actively looking at HBO Max uh, shows to do within the universe. So, hmm. HBO, okay. uh, yeah, we might, like I said, so far, the, those rumblings are definitely being supported with the fact that they were looking at the box office for this one. So that kind of told me they're like, okay, can we just kibosh this and fucking just focus on a TV show on Max instead? Take a back, a more safer bet with that, like. So that's what it sounds like.
0: Well, I hope they work that out because this has been a disaster. <laughs> um, and just you know all the shit surrounding this movie specifically, uh, I mean. Fate was against it. First off, you know there's the pandemic, which is still um, impeding theater release (laughs) box office, you know to a degree. Then you've got J.K. Rowling's constant stream of transphobic tweets that she can't seem to stop. It's like
1: pandemic to a degree because Batman has made seven hundred and fifty million right now. So to a
0: degree, yes. But but with no pandemic, that movie would have skyrocketed to a billion dollars by now. Probably it's it's the fact that it's still making money is pretty fucking impressive. That is good. I'm happy. Um, But you got the transphobic tweets. You've got the Johnny Depp recasting controversy, and which, yeah,
1: I was about to say not just that, but the fact that the libel case is happening this
0: fucking week. I was about to. I was about to say that. Like, what are the fucking odds?
1: Did Depp do that on purpose? Was he like, I want to fucking sabotage this film that you fired me from? I don't
0: think that was his call. I think that just happened. <laughs> but yeah, that the libel case is happening right now. So everyone's looking at you know Johnny Depp and the psycho whore he got hitched to. Uh yeah, I'm not mentioning words, I hate her so much. No, I don't seen, like her either. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of like What's been going on with the libel case? How like her I assistant mean, has
1: hmm? I don't things things here and there So I, I don't know what her assistant said
0: or Her assistant talked about how Mentally and physically abusive Amber Heard Has been to her over the years And as she's laying out specific examples The camera is panning over to Amber Heard And you can see her ass smiling She's a fucking sadist She enjoys destroying people You know what's scary? She's from Texas She's
1: giving Texas a bad name yeah, she's, she's giving well, yeah. It's, well, actually, you know what? What's some laws Texas has made? Is she really giving Texas a bad name?
0: Texas she's kind of like she's giving gold digging whores a bad name, that's for sure. There we go. I can take that. I was about to say Texas kind of fucking itself here. Yeah, Texas <laughs> already is not in you know, it's not winning any popularity contests right now, regrettably. Uh, no, and Amber Heard isn't helping, but the weird thing is, people are still like. She's probably going to win this. It's it's fucking ridiculous. They just they don't take abuse against uh, domestic abuse against men seriously in any capacity. No. I've seen videos of them at red carpet screenings and he, she like raises her hand to wave at somebody and Johnny Depp fucking flinches cuz he thinks he's about to get smacked. Like that's that's horrifying. He's like I I, I want justice goddammit. We no. all want justice
1: look it's been my whole thing when i talk about the Mean too movement which is i'm glad there's something to get people to, to speak up and finally you have their voices heard but surprising to me that the only people allowed to do that apparently are women because apparently children and men we don't listen to when it happens to them i'm like what the fuck world do we live in that we i'm i'm one of those i'm like look i'm gonna listen to anyone that tells me i don't care your gender your age like abuse is abuse like it doesn't matter if it's you know who it is like it's it's horrific in any way and actually i'd argue no offense ladies child abuse is the worst fucking thing to me i'm sorry you you can in some cases fight back a child cannot oh boy
0: okay might want to all right uh, I'm not that. saying,
1: I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like, I'm not condoning abuse, but I get more horrified when like a child comes up about some shit that goes on. That makes me want to kill someone.
0: Well, I'm just, uh, I'm just bummed that Johnny Depp's going to lose probably his career over this. I'm, he was an idiot for hooking up with her in the first place. And um, this movie.
1: What's wasn't there rumors, like, swirling that she was, like, why Jason Momoa and, like, Lisa, was it Lisa Monet? Is that who he's married to? Mm-hmm. Were, like, supposedly, like, splitting up, but now they're amending, or they're re their marriage?
0: Yeah, she's been, yeah, she, because of, you know, Aquaman 2 and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's true. <laughs> I, I, I gotta choose to believe he's smarter than that. I would so too.
1: So, oh, like I said, I hear they're making up. So it sounds like all things are good now. But I just remember hearing like, like that was a big rumor was that it was because of her. And I'm like, Well, I don't like him Heard. Where's the evidence that it's it's her? And
0: I'm like you guys think. Well, so that's happening while this movie comes out. It is amazing how like everything's against this film. Johnny Depp got fired from this movie over the over, you know. Uh, allegations of domestic abuse, and they hired Mads Mickelson to replace him. And frankly, he phoned it in.
1: Ah. He's still better than Johnny Depp, I thought. And I don't even like I usually like Johnny Depp and stuff, but I never really thought he was that good in the psychophone. And I, I blame the script more than I blame him. I think these scripts are just not good for
0: these guys playing this role. I think Depp, at least, was trying to do something different with a character. Like, he was trying to bring some menace or some unique, weird shit to this guy. I feel like Mickelson was just playing, like, a politician. Like, there was no... I, well, that's, I that's what the movie was. Like,
1: that's what the fucking movie was. I
0: well, think it's Mickelson such a drastic was- change in the character, though. Like, I didn't feel that from, like, take for instance, Chamber of Secrets to Azkaban. You know, new Dumbledore, but it wasn't jarring because the character felt the same. But again, that's
1: good script writing. That's why I said I don't, I'm not taking it out on Netflix, I'm taking it out on the script. I think it's horrendous script
0: writing. It is. Um. So there's that, and then on even more uh, dressing on this shit sandwich. Ezra Miller. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that douchebag that just like assaults people randomly yeah that that's all coming out as this movie's (laughs) coming out it's like it's amazing this thing was just you know rolling down a cliff regardless uh so let's talk about it a bit um first we've noticed a weird trend that in prequels of fantasy sci-fi stories they always seem to go straight to fucking politics yeah, I I think I I yeah I asked you that I was like why is this just like a thing? Yeah, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, it is a thing. Why is this a thing? <laughs> it's like they all watched Game of Thrones and thought like everyone
1: really liked the politics in Game of Thrones. I was like, yeah, but it made politics fun somehow. They made it riveting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> you look at the Hobbit. You look at Fantastic Beasts, and it's it's like we need a drawn out story that could be told in one movie and it's got to get political it's got to get confusing it's got to have a lot of unnecessary characters and like it's weird uh fantastic beast Newt scamander is still somehow our main character despite the fact that he has zero relevance to the story right
1: and he's kind of boring like he is not the most fun main character yeah to exist
0: you get a vibe that eddie Redmayne is very done and wants to do something else
1: yeah the only character I like, and then like was Dan Fogler, who plays Jacob. Yeah, he was one of the few things I loved about the first one. I thought the dude was just so funny. And then like they, they like they severely under realized him in the sequel. You know the the crimes of Grindelwald, secrets of what the fuck the second one was called. Um,
0: yeah, crimes of Grindelwald. That you had it right. There now.
1: you go. I'm forgetting the titles already. I don't really like these movies. But I remember thinking, like, why is he so underutilized? Like, he is literally your best asset. He's the only one having fun on this fucking movie.
0: Well, we'll see. You know, we've never seen a muggle, like, experience the wizarding world for the first time. So that was a neat new thing we got to see in Fantastic Beasts 1. But they keep running out of reasons for him to be here.
1: Yeah, even this one is just, like, they keep him because he has such a good heart to just thing. You almost get the like that Dumbledore just likes having him around. He's just like I just really like having him around, man. I just.
0: <laughs> well, they also like they needed him. To, the whole giving him a wand thing was just so he would look like he was killing Grindelwald or trying to kill Grindelwald for some reason. Like, that was a weird plan. Yeah, like, I don't know, they made it seem in the trailer like he was going to get magic <laughs> powers or something. Like that was like, <laughs> oddly misleading. Yeah.
1: I was like, so is this? Are they trying to explain how, like, the whole muggle, you know, born wizards here, like, is so, what so, so, we're. So, what he is leading to, like, he's the one for this. And then it's like, oh, no, it's for some reason he's supposed to look like he's assassinating, which that's the whole thing, too, right? This whole, like, plan they had, like, look, I, 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 I've I, seen plenty of movies where we don't know the whole plan that's going on in the movies, but they find a way to make that entertaining. And this one, the whole time, like, this whole plan. I like to know it, and also it seems incredibly
0: stupid. Yeah, I feel like, you know, J.K. Rowling watched, like, video of Parliament convening for, like, three hours and decided to combine that with, with, with some Harry Potter magic, and this is what we got. Uh, parliament convening. Yeah, was there anything? I was going to say C-SPAN, but I'm like, that's not what it is in England. She was watching <laughs> Parliament convening. Convening while writing
1: the script, and then also getting on Twitter to continue transphobic tweets.
0: Yeah, one hand writing the script, the other hand writing the end of her career.
1: Yeah, just constant, just double task.
0: Uh, yeah, say what you want. If she does tank her career, which looks it's looking more likely she's going to do, she's still going to be collecting million-dollar royalty checks on Harry yeah. Potter for the rest of her life, so what is she really losing? Yeah,
1: I mean, like ultimately with all this shit, I think that's what's crazy, right? Like, she's still gonna make money all the people that went down there in the me Too movement they're still going to make money off their royalties like yeah they don't have a career moment they're they're still making money even the whole the you know merlin manson thing he's still gonna make money off his fucking royalties off his like, very successful career
0: yeah i'm like yeah i'm glad they're getting justice but how much are they losing like how much reminds me of a lewis black quote i love from one of his stand-up bits the good die young, but pricks live forever. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I mean, like you said, what's it? Kevin Spacey, he'll be obviously fine because his
0: witnesses mysteriously die. Yeah, four of them, which is fucking crazy. Oh, no. I can't believe no one's investigating that. <laughs> I feel like the more I say about it, I'm going to fucking disappear. Uh, I read somewhere in the supplemental material that JK post on Pottermore, her website where she like oh, keeps, yeah. keeps putting more backstory and I guess it's all canon because she she wrote it. Uh, yeah, mug
1: among- she put it on there like that wizards like use the bathroom or something. I was like, I don't care about
0: that. Yeah, apparently they just t- they just shit on the floor and magic it away, which I don't know why she had to tell us that.
1: Yeah I was like why you need to tell us that that's disgusting.
0: They they magically wipe their ass afterwards why is there why are there toilets in Hogwarts Castle, if that's how they handle their business? Do Muggle I guess that's for the Muggleborns.
1: Muggleborns, Muggleborns have to shit in the toilet. They don't get the privilege of whisking it away.
0: I was reading a funny like thing about how like uh, Muggleborns like show up to Hogwarts with like uh you know a three subject notebook and like actual pens, and they get in trouble for not adhering to the aesthetic. And mom sends a message of, like, I'm not making my child carry, like, six feet of parchment around just because you think it looks better for your castle setting. He has a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know they've had to deal with that.
1: Uh, yeah. There's a lot of things I feel like we don't talk about enough. I'm waiting for, like, J.K. Rowling to start just revealing, like, the sex lives of, like, Witches and Witchers on that thing. Like, it's going to happen. One day like, so if you're wondering how that works i'll be like i figured it worked like anything else but i guess now i, I, I have to know the
0: details i guarantee you no wizard has ever given no witch has ever given birth they just magic the baby and it's it's out there they like accio and that thing right out. they can
1: just keep their tone bodies at all times
0: well no, they still get pregnant they just when it's time when the water breaks they're not pushing that thing out it teleports out of their vagina yeah i bet it does I bet they just use, you know, the Engorgio spell. It turns into, like, a fucking train tunnel, and they just walk in there and grab the baby. That's probably how it works. Jesus Christ. Uh, What I was going to say is that on Pottermore, she, she posted something a while back about what happens when muggles try to do magic. And apparently, they die horrific deaths. Like, a muggle who tries to use a wand will, like, turn into, like, bugs or something like it's fucking crazy what the fuck yeah so I was thinking like oh Jacob's gonna use this wand and it's gonna kill him brutally but he's gonna save somebody that's what I thought was gonna happen if that case don't know it'll be a fucking dick he is a dick you, we've seen him be a dick many times I mean the entire Harry Potter franchise is him basically raising this kid to die at the right time and never tell him
1: I mean yeah that's not a dick that's just fulfilling really destiny. That's a dick. He's, an, he's an agent of
0: destiny of And he let Snape just bully this child Because he looks vaguely like the kid Who bullied him in high school Yeah, it's only right uh, What else we got um, Trying to conquer the world That's a big one Yeah, nothing wrong
1: with that either Look, I dug my hole in my comment already I'm just going to dig further so.
0: <laughs> I um, find ways
1: to dig holes with some kind of comment in Almost every episode
0: I know, believe me, I know <laughs> There's podcasting, and then there's podcasting with you.
1: <laughs> Makes me glad we're not like famous right now, because I've got us can't. I would have gotten us canceled
0: so quick. Oh, you're yeah. I'm I'm still holding out for. I'm hoping you say some horrific shit that gets us like a spotlight, and then you know, like no publicity or like bad publicity doesn't exist. You know that whole thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: You believe what this movie podcast <laughs> based out of San Antonio said? Like you believe yeah,
1: said about me too like well no wait, that's what i meant
0: i'm not condoning abuse people we get a i would love like a i would frame like a a libel suit from amber Heard or something like that or no sorry slander <laughs> in print it's libel jameson taught me that
1: oh
0: yeah <laughs> i don't know just i think about that like we say some pretty off-color shit sometimes and one day it's gonna bite us in the ass and i can't wait
1: yeah, the joys of knowing only like ten people listen to this. I know it's it's wonderful, and I know seven of them. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that I know that I don't know <laughs> abuse at all. I just I'm not good at always writing my stuff. No, you're
0: not. Hello, Cool J. No. No, you're not.
1: Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Cool J. And then the char thing, which made sense in my head, and then I started I like, ah, oh, no, that came out bad.
0: Hmm. No know else came out bad? Fantastic Beast: The Circus of Dumbledore. Let's God, it, find out what. It
1: underperformed. it underperformed.
0: Oh, it did. It did. Um,
1: badly. When I saw 77 million, I was like, and then, it, and then it was 193, which still not good for a $200 million budget, but it's not 77 million. Nah.
0: Jude Law. How do you think he's doing as Dumbledore? I actually like him as Dumbledore, but I like Jude Law. I like Jude Law as well. I think there's something weird going on with his voice in this movie. You notice that his accent cracks a few times. No, I didn't.
1: I was, I don't think I noticed that to me it seemed weird was that thing around his hand that just now gets brought up in this film. Now I'm like, well, wait. I only called them bringing that up in the second
0: one. Also, I did, forgot that too. You it, it That did come up in the second one. God stole, damn it. He took that from Grindelwald. It's like a blood pact they made where they can't fight each other and it's unbreakable and Dumbledore stole it. Now he's trying to find a way to break it. So I, I do remember that. But I, I I I understand why you don't. God damn it! Fair enough.
1: Really blocked out that fucking crimes of or whatever the fuck it was
0: called. <laughs> well, something about you know Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dusseldorf It's it's not great. I probably won't watch it again. Um, what happened to Nagini, the snake lady? She was in the sequel, wasn't she? Yeah, Voldemort Snake is a woman, a human woman, which was an, a weird. Was detail a to weird include. Yeah, I was like, okay, she saw
1: me. what about the fact that Catherine Barson is like a cameo and
0: that's it? I'm like, what the fuck? to be fair, I never, I don't really care for her as, as a performer, I think she's boring. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's just like you want to build up this love,
1: supposedly, and then she's, like, not in the movie.
0: That is weird. That is weird. I agree. I also thought Queenie got off pretty easy for, you know, betraying all her friends to join a dark wizard, and then all of a sudden now they're just getting married. Like, all is forgiven. Yeah, I was like, okay. But that whole thing
1: with her in the thing and her in the back just felt weird.
0: Yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense. But then again, you know, none of this did. Why is Credence dying?
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry. They're trying to make me make him sympathetic. He, I, Ezra Miller's not a good actor. I don't think that man's a good actor. Like, he did not so sympathetic at all to me at any point in this movie. I don't know if it's because I know the guy likes to assault couples that are leaving him alone when he's shrunk, but he's just a bad guy.
0: That'll do it. on and off camera. That'll do it. You know, I'm people's real life antics can absolutely poison their movies. I can't really watch Will Smith movies anymore without thinking you asshole. Like I can't do it. So I get, you know, Ezra Miller has done that to himself. There was, I was watching an episode of attack of the show on G4 and they
1: showed a, they have a segment where they show clips on the internet and they said something. And it was a recent episode about the slap Oh, it was like this this dog puts a ball into like one of those automatic ball throws for them to fetch like with. Mm-hmm. The dog stands in front of the damn thing. So he gets smacked by it every time. <laughs> and the guy's like, Looks like I found the new host for the Oscars. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they funny. had a little graphic of Will Smith coming in and like slapping him <laughs> after he said it.
0: I I saw one that was really, really like uncouth but made me laugh. Somebody had uh, re-edited Smith's word words, so it sounds like he's screaming at Chris Rock, "Keep fucking my wife's mouth." <laughs> and Chris is like, "I'm going to, okay." <laughs> oh my god!
1: I saw one that was uh, the scene from Scream Two when she's getting stabbed, and Smith's going, "Keep your knives out of my wife." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Oh, anyway, it's oh, true. You know, oh, these antics can fuck up a an actor's on-screen persona and to me that happened a long time ago when Ezra Miller, you know, choked out that fan the first time. Yeah. I don't have I don't have a three strikes law when it comes to people to be like being an asshole in Hollywood. It's a one strike law for me. I mean,
1: I have never liked Ezra Miller. I've made that known. I yeah. don't like the guy. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's really that good in this. Him being the hinge of the secret of Dumbledore title, not the most surprising thing ever. I just went,
0: okay. Well, I'm glad they didn't keep going with the nonsensical secret Dumbledore brother story they brought into Fantastic Beasts 2. Instead, you know, he's Aberforth's kid that he didn't know about. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, next next thing, please. Like I, I wasn't yeah. really, you know, invested in that.
1: Um, I don't know, like talk about, and just because it got made a bigger deal because of the whole, like, they cut the scenes out of in China because you know they like to censor things there because it's a fucking communist, communist state. For all mm-hmm. you crazy assholes that fucking think the shit going on in America is communist,ic try seeing what it's like in China. Um, but with that said. I felt like this one did not actually really fucking go there with the, the whole relationship of Dumbledore being gay. Like it talks about it, it brings up a couple times, but I did
0: not really feel like they explored it all that much. I mean, what more did you want? Like, did you want Dumbledore to fuck Grindelwald right there? Like, yes, what did you? Yes, I did. I mean, they broke up. They're oh, like they their relationship is gone. That's why they're so I wanted, with pain.
1: Look. It's Vance Mickelson and Jude Law. Both those men probably fuck. Come on. Give
0: me a scene. Well, I like that they finally did just say, like, I was in love with you. Like, addressed it directly instead of dancing around it. I'm glad they did that. I don't know what the fuck the movie looks like in China, but it probably doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: No. well, I think they took out, like, that whole, like, first 10, 15-minute scene. That makes me laugh.
0: They did that right after posting a thing on Instagram, Warner Brothers, about how inclusive they are in their company and how they're hiring you know trans people and gay people and like warner brothers is a rainbow and then also we cut all the gay stuff out of the chinese release of fantastic piece three fuck you
1: yeah like all right and it's gone yeah <laughs>
0: like spider-man yeah. no way home i don't even think came out in china because they refused to back down on some stuff and it made a billion like yeah, didn't need china I
1: yeah, I'm like, why
0: would you do that? Like, you don't need to bow down to China. They can go fuck themselves. Yeah, we should not be bowing down to dictator countries because we want their box office money. That's some. That's fucked up. We shouldn't be doing this. Why are we appeasing yeah. China anyway? Especially since we've seen that we don't need them when it comes to box office success.
1: We can do fine in countries that have zero issues with uh, gay characters being on screen. Yeah, and actually, I remember when the, when they when I was watching the movie and I could think like. I wonder if anyone's gonna walk out because there was a couple of families, and I've seen how fucking idiots have been acting with like including the push to start putting gay people in trans and stuff in these in these essentially family films. Which for me, I'm all about like who gives a shit? Like your kids are gonna find out eventually. Like what's the big deal? Well, Why these kids, like some the of these kids
0: deal? are you know transgender or they are gay, and they representation is important. I don't
1: exactly. So I'm like, yeah. what's the big deal? So. But, you know, people are like, I don't want them to see that yet. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot then. Um, surprisingly, no one got up and left. I was actually like, oh, okay, cool. We have a, I have a cool audience here that's just like, no, we're cool with this. It's just the rest of the film kind of sucks. So um, I did like the part where, um, when they're fighting at the end, like when the thing breaks and they throw each other's heart. Mm-hmm. And they have that moment of like, all right, I'm not going to kill you right now.
0: Why, Why not? This is the moment, like Dumbledore. You, you made a pact. You said, like, I'm gonna end this myself. You have an opportunity here, but we need two more were, movies. I
1: thought they were gonna fuck. I'm being honest. Surprised they didn't kiss. I, I expected that at least. They weren't gonna fuck. There's no way. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm holding my breath. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the grin. You know what? Why am I even waiting? There's already a porn parody in the making, as we probably speak with this. The moment they said, the moment J.K. Rowling said Dumbledore was can- canonically as you were gay, there's probably a lot of yeah. gay porn out there now.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, anyway. I always thought you couldn't block the killing curse. Wasn't, didn't that come up at I, least once? Look, this film does not care about what was already established. I, apparently not but yeah it was neat when you know the Dumbledores created a barrier between Grindelwald and the killing curse although yeah, that part was cool I did like that a lot um where did actually, this, this... Uh, I was just saying this international like alliance of wizards and this like one person who leads the wizarding world
1: yeah it's never brought up in like where was that the so
0: like why was it actually
1: fighting of like I thought I saw like it was the Ministry of Magic is like the highest you could possibly be in the Wizarding World, and now we're like no, there's a leader that rules over all of them. And I was like
0: what? So each country has their own yeah. Ministry of Magic, but also there's like a super minister who rules over all yeah. of them. Uh, it's unnecessary. It's weird.
1: And this thing, I was actually really down to see other countries. I was like, oh cool, I'm we'll going kind of see Berlin's thing, and you know, like that part's cool to me seeing like other. Countries' Wizarding Wards because I mean, when Harry Potter, we only saw British, obviously. Um, I remember the big thing with they were you know talking about with the first fantastic piece, we won't go to America, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm down to see like other aspects of the original world that we didn't get to see in the Harry Potter franchise, yeah. But then they just took that and found a way
0: to make that just the least exciting fucking thing ever. <laughs> How was Grindelwald able to resurrect that dead creature?
1: That was weird.
0: Yeah. Like this
1: pet I mean, secretary shit. Would that work on people? Yeah, right. I I well, apparently it was only temporary because the thing died again. Um I just thought the I just the whole storyline with this, like they have to get this creature there on time was like the least exciting thing ever. And it's amazing to me that in a f- franchise supposed to be about Fantastic Beasts, they don't have a lot of Fantastic Beasts.
0: It ran out of fuel, that whole the whole, you know, plot of the Fantastic Beast ran out of steam after the first movie. But now they've established that as the franchise, so they have to keep figuring out a way for Newt and his creatures to be involved. And that's that's a bummer. Uh, weird.
1: I liked, I did, I I'll say this, I liked the last podcast around Newt. Um, like I said I do think Dan Fogler kills it in each movie. I think he's the only one that seems to try something he did make me laugh a good amount of times in um in this particular installment because i felt like they actually utilized them better um i did like the the, the chick uh professor lally I thought yeah. she was really a really neat character that i literally the whole time until i saw it imdb on wikipedia was like oh this is a cool new character i like her and I was like, oh, shit, she was in the second one, wasn't she? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I I had the same reaction. I'm like, wait a minute, we've met this person. <laughs> Sad. Um, yeah, I just don't... Uh, I don't feel any emotional connection to these movies as I did with the Harry Potter films. It's the same thing that happened with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I just don't have the same investment.
1: Uh, I think the issue is that both in both cases... Except, so, like, whereas I don't blame I don't blame Peter Jackson at all for The Hobbit, because I've I listened to the behind-the-scenes thing on that one. That was, again, Warner Brothers being fucking Warner Brothers and demanding three films, telling him, no, you're not getting live-action works this time, you have to CGI it. Like, they were literally doing everything they could to just be like, nope, nope, and nope. And I was like, why would you do that so much? He gave you, like, the Lord of the Rings for was all box office successes, all critically loved, all huge nominations i think returning king got a shit ton of wins if i'm correctly, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly like he gave you it all and then you fucking hampered it all as much as you could for the hobbit films and i was like so in the case of the hobbit and fantastic beast they both show the fact that you have people that were doing it for the wrong reasons they just wanted to make more money off <laughs> of this ip off this franchise In the case of world of rings it was the studio in the case of this, it was J.K. Rowling.
0: That's true. I'm sorry, I was just reading up on Gellert Grindelwald. Uh, apparently an aspect of the character I forgot about in the book, uh, Voldemort kills him because he refuses to give up the location of the Elder One. Like, in the end, Grindelwald respected Dumbledore's memory and was like, I'm not letting this Dark Lord conquer the world that should have been mine. What an interesting way to go. Okay. Is the movie, he's just straight up like Dumbledore has it <laughs> and Voldemort takes off. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore has it. Whew, that was easy. Yeah. Like, I don't even need to kill this
1: guy. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's hilarious that like, Grindelwald was in power for like five minutes. I mean, this big epic moment of like, now we go to war. I remember thinking like honestly if you guys really had the balls since you want to do two more films you would have ended with him winning and having his big speech and that would have led to the next film like oh shit now we really got to take him down he's in charge now but instead he gets it for like five minutes and then they quickly take the power away from him and I'm like
0: god damn it I thought it was hilarious that he didn't really fight it he just kind of stood there like oh no I've been I've been figured out what do I do next maybe you know Killing the other candidates and taking over the world, like like the dictator you claim to be, made me think of like you know 1930s Germany. Hitler wins the election, probably some you know less than savory means. And as he's being sworn in, somebody's like, "Wait, we found more votes." It was actually this guy. Hitler's just going to stand there and be like, "Curses! I'll get you next time, Germany." Like, no, evil people going to evil. Like this is Grindelwald going to take that shit over. It just made me laugh. Yeah stand by and be like oh no instead of maybe killing this creature that could give away his entire plan he just lets it bow before dumbledore
1: yeah which then tells me that like you clearly had no idea what you want to do with your next two films anyway and your first plan was to do the exact same thing which is another storyline of him finding a new way to gain into power and them having to stop it again i'm like that i don't like that that would have been boring
0: it made me laugh that they were talking about this the thing called the chillin that it was, uh, like, it bows before those of who are pure of heart. And that's so rare. Most of us aren't. And it finds two people later on in the movie. Dumbledore and then the, the Santos lady. So apparently yeah. it's not as rare as you think. It's apparently really easy. <laughs> and apparently you can just deny it, like Dumbledore did. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you. Pull a Jon Snow. I don't want it. <laughs> Even though... He would be a great leader for this Wizarding World that clearly needs one, and your ex-boyfriend is trying to conquer. Maybe step up to the plate. <laughs> just, this is kind of your fault. Step up to the plate, or fuck your boyfriend. Do your
1: ex-boyfriend. Sorry. Do one of the two here, Dumbledore, because that's what's going to win the day.
0: I, I think they clearly need some like aggressive breakup sex to just get over one another.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I may sound like a broken record, but I really think they just need to fuck. They do. It would help. I think it would save the world. Right? What if they just got like hot and heavy in the middle of that stage? Like during instead of the resorting duel in the mid the, the mist as it was breaking, they just get into it, but then the mist breaks as they're still mid going at it. So then people were just like, What the fuck's going on right now?
0: Considering the pretty stringent laws in the twenties about wizards like having relationships with muggles. Something tells me they are, they they, they don't uh, exactly accept Dumbledore and Grindelwald's lifestyle. <laughs> just got this feeling that it may be a wizarding world. It's still the 1920s. Can you just imagine, like the mist, like the thing Charles on this breaks, and all they see is Dumbledore just
1: falls deep inside Grindelwald, going to town.
0: They both get Avada cadavered because that's like the worst crime you could you could commit in 1920s <laughs> wizard world. They're like. Oh, my God, how dare (laughs) thee? Oh, my God. Just, yeah. This movie sucked. (laughs) These movies suck. I can't. I keep trying to find some silver linings, some reason to watch them again, and I can't find it. I can't. I've never, like, it's, like I said, it's it's
1: such a different end of the spectrum. It's like there's no middle ground that they found this. It's literally like, here's Harry Potter made with love and commitment, and we love it, and we wanted more, and we, we love the ending, and blah, 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 right? And there's Fantastic Beast. They shit it out. There's no love, no care. We're literally sitting there going, please stop making it, just let it die. And at first, like, no, we got five films, now they're like, watch this one, please? And maybe if you do, we'll give you the last two. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll stop.
0: <laughs> Can't negotiate a hostage situation when the public doesn't give a fuck about the hostage.
1: Yeah, I felt like at first they felt like Tom Cruise and um Tropic Thunder with the whole like we don't negotiate with terrorists, and now they've 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 fallen far from being that.
0: Funnily enough, I watched Tropic Thunder earlier today. So that's yeah, very nice. Uh, I don't know if there's much we more we can say. I mean, it's not really a play by play kind of movie. We didn't like it. We are done with this franchise we're done with with jk rowling's shit that she this hole she keeps digging herself <sighs> into yeah uh, i yeah.
1: Look, i was excited to go see it when i went to go see it i have my own personal rit- ritual when i go to the movies which is i like to go quickly take a piss before the movie starts just so then i'm good the tank is empty for these movies that are like two fucking hours long or longer um <laughs> And as I'm walking there, I notice, I'm like, holy shit. Is that does that say what I think it says? And it says now showing everything ever all at once. And I got insanely more excited for that. And then sat during the whole movie, bought my ticket before it started. And just sat there during the whole movie going, all right, let's wrap this up because I got a better movie I'm going to see tomorrow. So let's just come on, let's move
0: on with this shit. Let's go. Them's the breaks with sneak preview. Like, it's not always going to be a winner, but, you know, we got to talk about something. Uh And this seems like a good way to kind of put this to bed, because I, I doubt we're ever going back to Fantastic Beasts in any capacity. Uh
1: If if they are doing by what they said before this came out, and they are legit rating to see the box office performance, well, here's your opening weekend, guys. It underperformed.
0: Yep. I give it a six. I think that's being fairly generous. I'm I'm out.
1: Yeah, I gave it a six as well.
0: Nice. Well, that is fantastic. Beast, the secrets of Dumbledore. You know, not with a bang, but with a whimper.
1: Yeah, and for all those who are wondering, oh, I can see because I need to know what his secrets are. So they're not that great of secrets. It's, here's
0: the secret: Aberforth is a bad father.
1: <laughs> if you don't, if you won't pay attention to J.K. Rowling's various in canon stuff, now, uh,
0: here's an here's another secret: Dumbledore's gay. If you didn't know that. That would, if honestly, if you've watched any, if you've been paying attention to Harry Potter for the like past 10 years, you, you knew that. <laughs> so it's not that's no secret. Like the only big reveal, you know, was that Aberforth- you, know, hmm? you know, someone went to that theater and the moment
1: they started doing that opening scene, he just went, Oh my god, <laughs> ah.
0: you know, someone did at least one person crimes of Grindelwald the secrets of Dumbledore the snoring of the audience that's that's all I got left uh well that was that was good thanks for listening everybody if you like the show you know what to do you can send us feedback through our social media Facebook Instagram Twitter or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com you want to support the show Click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We appreciate donations. And you can always check out our website filmgasm.com for reviews, articles, trailers, and every episode of our shows. Next week is going to be uh, considerably more exciting. Uh, we have shit. We actually want to see that we want to talk about. So we've got two Epic films to discuss. First up there's Robert Eggers, Viking Epic, the North man. Then there's the most meta film ever made. The unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking forward to both of these for years. I cannot wait.
1: Yes. And real quick side note for those who are already looking ahead in Robert Eggers' career, I happened to see his interview on the of the show today. And uh, they asked him what's next. And in case you're wondering, it's not an as far last he said about that is that even he's losing hope, it's getting made. Oh, okay. There's always like something happening right when he's getting close to getting it made. But what he did say was um, when they asked me, he's like, he's like, I can't tell you what I'm working on right now. So mm-hmm. There is something epic coming from him after the Northmen. It just unfortunately may not be Nosferatu. Nice for
0: Well, that sucks, but I'm excited to see that he is working on something. I
1: just hope it has the in the title and he continues the trend.
0: Yeah, he will. The he- Witch,
1: the Lighthouse, the Northmen, I want to do something like The Lamp, and it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie.
0: <laughs> that was kind of The Lighthouse, wasn't it? It <laughs> a, a lighthouse, okay. There's a lighthouse in it, but it's hardly about a lighthouse. But it's The Lighthouse. It's like The Witch. There's a witch in it. It's hardly about a witch.
1: So oh, I geez. bet The Northman,
0: there's a Northman in it. Not about him.
1: But there is, but it is The something, though. Yeah. It's not a witch, it's the witch. It's the only witch in the movie until the very like last five seconds.
0: There even is a witch. Could just be some rotten corn. Driving him nuts. Love it. I doubt that Black
1: Phillip apparently was actually quite terrifying. So.
0: We already did the witch. Otherwise, we would absolutely be doing the witch this week.
1: I know. God, such a good goddamn movie. Oh, both it's terrifying. <laughs> witch and Lighthouse, fucking excellent films. Both of them. Absolutely.
0: And I'm sure the Northman is going to be a hat trick for Robert Eggers. I have zero fears about this one. This one's going to be a insane Viking epic. I'm looking forward to going berserk.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't wait. So just because I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I'm like, yeah, give me more
0: Viking stuff. Nice. Do it. <laughs> um, as far as our other shows are going, don't miss Face Off on Wednesday's Filmgasm. Next on Friday's Beyond the Bad and The Lighthouse on Oscar Sunday. Have a great week. Keep watching movies.